0: Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Santo, joined, as always, by the Ferris. to my cameras. Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Uh, feeling rebellious. Yeah, and our very own Ed Rooney. That's right. It's Eric Gronovec. <laughs> Eric, how are you? Rooney!
1: Rooney! Um,
2: I kind of thought you were going to make me the, the jerk waiter, so, so I'll take Rooney. <laughs> I'll take Rooney. Instead, I made you the, the jerk dean of students. He has the third...
0: Uh, He's like the third biggest person in the movie. Well, and he's like the
2: he's like he has the third biggest adventure in the movie. Because think about it, you know he he has his own day off. Mm -hmm. Getting chased by a dog. And our
1: very own juvenile delinquent, being played by a future key movie role player, (laughs) (laughs) Eric (laughs) Gronbeck.
0: So it's kind of strange this week because I think the first two weeks of the preseason, people were like, "Oh my gosh." I'm so worried about the Seahawks and like this, this depth looks so bad. And then we finally faced a team that didn't have like a, a reason to play anyone. And uh, they, they played also like all garbage backups like we have been. And uh, guess what? We won 27 to nothing. Yep. And I, and this is, and the Chargers I think are a team that people expect to be a fringe playoff contender. So their depth is probably pretty similar to ours and our depth beat the brakes off of their depth. And so, mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to say it again, though. This game, even though it looks good on paper, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's, it's, a uh, it's, it's fun. And we'll talk about it a little bit. Guys, we saw that we thought played really good. Um, guys were excited about, but.
1: Can I say a reason why it does matter?
0: Uh, well, well yeah, I guess there, there was a 53 man roster cut down and some people lost their jobs. <laughs> uh, but specifically <laughs> the game matters Maybe. because
1: it also proves that, um, Pete has converted to team preseason games. Don't need to be done by starters, which is a team that I want my coach on.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, so, he's definitely, definitely just doesn't give a, give a group, give a rip about it anyway. Yeah,
1: I'm, I'm pretty happy that he's not worried about, you know, Russell Wilson, not being ready for week one. If we don't play him in a meaningless game where he might get hurt, we don't need to get DK those reps to make sure that he's fresh for games that actually matter. Like uh, right. uh, that, that's, one area where pete just isn't being an old man so i appreciate that yeah, yeah okay
0: so let's talk about the offense to me the most impressive impressive player on offense he played 56 snaps do you know how many snaps the offense played 66 he was the snap leader Ooh. the snap king uh he earned his spot on the roster with an a quite excellent game at guard that is my my uh, my man phil phil haynes and i i'm P- just gonna boy. say I'm just gonna say, uh, Phil Haynes, uh, way to earn it on the field. Finally healthy for more than a uh, one game in a row, so let's hope that he can kind of string string that. That's together. all he needed. He's he's, he's the also back our
1: best uh, blocker by PFF standards. He's the
0: ba- he's the backup guard. Like we got Lewis and and we got Jackson. Like Phil Haynes gonna gonna sit on the bench. He's gonna watch some football, but it's good to know that he's ready and that he is as good as maybe I thought he could be. Like he played very very good in that game. Uh, Eric, who's the offensive standout for you?
2: Offensive standout for me is probably D. Eskridge. Just getting on the field. Um, I I kind of want to go. Quick. Well, looking quick, uh, looking like I don't know. He didn't look rusty, but he he didn't look bad. I wasn't like I wasn't like oh, this kid's got a long way to go. It felt like this is probably how he should look in his first preseason game, especially coming off an injury. Um,
0: played eight slot eight slot snaps and five wide snaps. So they did give him like a little bit of a, of a mix up there. And then uh, he obviously carried the ball once on the jet sweep action. And I'm just going to say, I don't think that Tyler is very threatening on those plays in the past. And I don't want DK running a bunch of jet sweep action. I feel like that's kind of a waste, although he is good at it. Uh, And so it was nice to see him break off a nine yarder in the, on the jet, on the, uh, kind of running action that we're probably going to use a lot this year. That was because that is kind of why we a bought lot. him. Yeah. That's I, why I we got him, right? I don't so want it
2: to be. I don't want it to I be mean, a lot.
0: I think it'll be a lot because it's a part. It's a part of how this this offense um, gets people moving the wrong direction. Right. And creates those uh, those zone zone schemes that we, we want. So yeah, we, to have to, we have to at
1: least hand it off often enough to keep the threat there.
0: Well, I'm going to hope that's enough silence.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just hope it's something we can disguise, really. Because
0: yeah. because uh, for those that, that don't know, Kevin uh, just got eaten by robots. So we're hoping that that would. But it still records on his end. So we're just hoping that that's a big enough gap there. All right. So uh, I think you're OK. Yeah, I it think we're a very okay. long comment. OK, so yeah, I think that the, the that jet sweep action is a part of the offense. And, and D looks like he's ready to, to fill that that void. Uh, Kevin, who is your offensive uh, standout that you saw?
1: Man, see, I wanted to go offensive line, but you already went offensive line because I thought Stone Forsythe came out and played pretty well. And so I think I'm going to go with a different offensive contributor. And that is a guy who I think has spent the whole preseason clinching a roster spot, and that's Alex Collins. I think, um, well, I think Collins' contributions against predominantly backups is being overplayed a little bit. The fact of the matter is he's come in and he's looked like a guy where if Chris Carson goes out, he can operate in the offense in the same style. So while I don't think that he is as good as Chris Carson's, he does work as, you know, like store brand Chris Carson or like Chris Carson light with half the calories. So that is something that's very beneficial to have because we're going to be running two running backs out there a lot anyway. But I don't think DJ Dallas can really put his head in there and kind of drive the same way. I don't think that's really Penny's game. So having a guy where it's like when Carson inevitably misses two or three games, having someone that you can be confident to go out there makes you feel better. And it also means maybe when Carson has like a nagging injury, we can take some of his workload off because it's not going to be as steep of a drop off.
0: So let's uh, let's go over the offensive, uh, the 53 man roster, the offensive roster. The Seahawks decided to keep Wilson, Smith and Mannion. Ooh. I do I do think that <laughs> – so this is the initial 53-man roster, and let's talk about this. There, there are lots of reasons why this roster will not be the same as the one we take into week one, and this is a perfect example of one of those things yes. uh, where they didn't cut one of those two quarterbacks because they didn't want some other team to look at it right away and go, oh, yeah, we like Sean Mannion or like, – like the Rams. We like Sean Mannion or, oh, yeah, we love Geno Smith. Uh, maybe like a team like the Chargers is maybe is an example of a team that has kind of the right style for him. Instead, what they do is they keep both of them, and then everyone kind of sets their initial rosters. And then we go, oh, now we're cutting Geno Smith or Sean Mannion, and then we can sneak them onto the practice squad. It's a, it's just, it's just roster shenanigans. There's no way. I would be really surprised. I will, I will eat, uh, I will eat a. spoonful of spicy hot sauce if we if we have three quarterbacks on the like week one roster because that that is um that does just not seem likely to me
1: can i just say something really nerdy that doesn't actually matter go for it all right sean Mannion had a one and a half yard a dot in the last game oh yeah his his average depth of target was a (laughs) yard and a half somewhere alex smith is blushing
0: Yeah, Alec, That's insane. Sean Sean Mannion is asking the question: What if Alex Smith was six feet six inches tall, and more conservative? (laughs) Like, that's that's the question uh, Sean Mannion is asking. All right, let's let's do this. Which one do you want us to keep in the end, Mannion or Smith, Kevin?
1: I don't care because we're screwed either way. I guess I guess Gino because he kind of can operate a more Russ-like offense.
0: If the if the Seahawks got in a situation where we one of the where Russ actually got hurt, I would hope that we were trading or like trying to save our season by signing Cam Newton or something. Not not a not going to one of these guys for a lengthy period of time. Uh, Eric, yeah. what do you think, Mannion or Smith?
2: So the only reason to keep Mannion is because of his his ties to the you know the offense that we're running, but. Do you think, think
0: that's it? It's like kind of like he's like a quarterback I, coach that's on the team. I think
2: that's it. But then I think to myself, why would you want a quarterbacks like a another quarterback coach for Russell Wilson? Someone who could be like, hey, Russ, I know that you have a lot of hubris. Um, here's something I saw in the tape. No one wants that. So keep Gino.
1: You know, as you can do, go out and hire an actual quarterback coach because it doesn't take up a spot on the roster. Uh, True.
0: All right, then. So then we kept five running backs, which I think is one more than we expected. Uh Carson, Collins, Dallas, Penny, and Homer. Uh I do think Homer's hitting the pup. And that's uh that's just this is just a preview of what's to come right here. Cause uh Homer has not appeared in a preseason game and uh he's missing practices. Uh so I'd be I'd be surprised. Um they activated him from the pup a week ago, so maybe maybe he's just ready to go. I don't know. Um or he could be going back on i'm un- i'm unsure what homer status is but i do know this this coaching staff has such a hard on for travis homer's blocking and i don't blame them it is good blocking
2: well it's also that homer has been solid enough for us in the past and i think there might be something to the he didn't have a chance to compete like we don't want you to lose your job based on injury you know, being injured when you know let's face it these you've got three running backs who've outshined you because you haven't played as as well as Rashad Penny. So, who's just, you know, we we've invested a little more in. So,
1: let me let me say something real quick cuz this Rashad Penny slander will only go mildly tolerated because <laughs> he really has not been like as bad as people, like people, I don't know what people were expecting for somebody coming out and playing behind like a half garbagey offensive line, but Lightning, Kevin. Penny You're we expecting up lightning. What I expected him to do, especially because he's more of a volume runner because he makes a lot of non-breakaway runs. So we wanted came a breakaway run. Did Rashad Penny things like I don't, I don't know. Man. He looked
0: he looked very similar running the ball to Alex Collins to me. Um, the difference is Collins seems to be much better receiving. Like yeah. and, and that's kind of weirding me out. But like I don't know, Collins just kind of has like he has found a niche may, as like our kind of our third down back, right?
2: Collins is has...
1: Dallas is going to fill that role a lot too. He, he did very well. I think Alex Collins just got a lot of snaps.
2: He I did. Mean... And Collins also has, he's brought his savviness. Like he's, he's been around the league a few times. He's not that old, but he's not young.
1: Okay. Chris Widger. We're really happy. Chris... Eric <laughs> wedge. We're really happy about his, uh, uh veteraniness.
2: Eric wedge, please. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I like I like um I'm fine with keeping Collins. I would have probably just put Homer out, out to pasture, but whatever They they have five running backs and uh, the consequences of that are seen immediately by the fact that we only kept four wide receivers.
1: So if you run a four wide receiver <laughs> set. We know they're, who's
0: all, gonna be out there. they're all on the field. Uh, this is Somebody's met, ever
1: being predictable. Gosh, I,
0: th- I think Everett might actually be the fourth wide receiver in a four receiver set. Matt yeah. so. <laughs> uh, Metcalf Lockett, Eskridge Swain. I guarantee though, this is what I think is that they had five guys that they were fine with for the fifth wide receiver spot. So they let them all go and they'll create a roster spot by cutting a quarter or cutting a quarterback later and sneaking on a practice squad. And they'll sign one of those wide receivers and put another one or two of them onto the practice squad. I think that they like, like, I, my assessment of those guys is that they're all the same. They're all very similar. One of like about
1: to take Sean Mannion's spot. Yeah.
0: Cade Johnson or Penny Hart. Like, I don't care. Like, it doesn't, it does not matter to me. Uh, that's, that's why uh, I think that's why I think the team feels very similarly that it's the, the difference between those guys is slim.
2: One thing one, I think there are the three there. possible. Moves, additions, additions coming, meaning three moves, either to injury list cut uh, where you'll see a receiver brought in either one of the young guys or don't put a pass Pete, to bring in a veteran, uh, maybe an Eric wedge type player. Kevin, uh, a gold, I a Golden Tate type. I cannot believe you made me remember Eric wedge. I was like, oh, that's a name I've I have not heard since the Clone Wars. Um And then I think that you'll probably see uh, maybe a defensive move and maybe a tight end uh, coming who who is now currently in the free agent market. Uh, I think there's like three moves that are going to be shaking up this current 53 man roster. Yeah.
0: Uh, All right. So speaking of guys that are going to get straight to the straight to IR, uh, we got Everett Disley and Parkinson. And so that's the drop but that I do think that they'll go like for like Parkinson will get replaced by another tight end. Maybe Jake the recently cut
2: Jacob Hollister. Thank you fit. so much. The uh C T C D Hawk all time great Jake Hollister.
0: I I mean I don't I wouldn't I don't hate it. Like if, if we want to bring in another Parkinson was there to catch passes. He's a big slot <laughs> receiver. Guess what Jacob Hollister is? He's After a,
2: we lost Luke Wilson
0: big slot receiver i think uh i think luke wilson lost luke wilson
2: yeah <laughs> all right he just kept... wanted to sign to uh, sign and retire just just like you love nathan
0: <sighs> we kept 10 <laughs> offensive linemen uh, uh
2: no 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 sir
0: ursua and berkirvan already on the ir by the way
2: um, i believe it's 11 offensive 11, linemen. 11
0: this is the most that they've ever kept yeah 11 sorry Dwayne Brown, Damian Lewis, Kyle Fuller, Gabe Jackson, Brandon Shell—those are likely your starters because Posich doesn't seem like he's going to be ready. Then we got Shell, Phil, Jamarco, Stone Forsythe, Cedric Ogboye, and Jake Curran. Good, good, good for him. I actually thought Curran has pretty good. He has good technique. I don't, I don't know what the ceiling is on Jake Curran. Probably like whatever Brandon Shell is now, like that that level of good. But um, that's, but I still think that that's he seems to have shown that he understands how to play tackle in the NFL, which is. I don't know. This
1: is, he seems like a backup, Jamarco
0: Jones. Yeah, I, I would rather have Jake Curran and just get rid of Jamarco Jones. I don't know what I don't know what the deal is. I whatever they, they they've kept Jamarco around for so long. They just must love what they see there. I don't I don't totally get I get it and also don't get it because there are stretches where he looks real nice, but then there are also stretches where I'm like,
1: okay, he could play both guard and tackle on both sides at a level that's not. Embarrassing. Like embarrassing, yeah. exactly, so you, so and that you, has some value. That's
0: the thing. You keep a guy like that when you keep nine offensive linemen. They kept eleven. They yep. don't need. to so drop Cedric Agbui. They don't. They don't need the versatile guy. Ogbu apparently was like the star of training camp, and I. I don't know. Neat. The, the him the, and Case and Williams get the same roster spot. The thing about Cedric Ogbu is that he. I mean, there's a reason he got drafted so high in the draft, right? Like he has the the raw physical tools to be to be great, uh, and he has like super long arms, ninety four inches, I think. So, are ninety fourth percent ninety fourth percentile? Sorry, thirty five. I liked 99.
1: it when it was ninety four inches. That was
0: really cool. Thirty five and seven eighth inches, though. Those are big arms, uh, and and yeah, I think that that a buoy is really solid, and so I want to. I like that. You know, if if he if he's starting to recapture what made him a first round pick, sure, why not? I don't know, I don't care. Uh, I would have cut Jamarco. I just think (laughs) there's a ridiculous amount of offensive linemen on this roster. Uh, Defensive line.
1: Wait, wait, am I the only person who's really worried about Kyle Fuller supposedly starting games because he's looked like
0: trash? Um, I wouldn't say I'm excited about it. Uh, the possibility of Kyle Fuller cuz he has looked bad against non-starting players um but uh, like really bad apparently he's been good in practice this is the thing you all, <laughs> he he does this stupid thing Trey Flowers has been excellent in practice Kyle Fuller has been excellent in practice and it's like he this it, he's done this for years where guys who are playing good in practice get kind of dapped up and and hyped up and then they get to play in games and they suck and I don't know. I don't know what that says either about the quality of our practices or the quality of Pete's ability to evaluate. Like what, what guys are just like being sweaty tryhards in practice and like. <laughs> and I say this <laughs> as a book. sweaty
1: tryhard that just
0: isn't worth that much to me. At the end of the day, like man, if you can't cut it, you can't cut it. You you know you guys know all know that guy who like goes two thousand percent in practice and like is way too intense about it. You know that guy. That Rude, he, so, are you saying? Are you saying that? Uh, I'm saying that <laughs> Kyle Fuller's that guy.
1: Probably. I'm saying. Are you saying that Pete Carroll is like the uh, middle school PE uh, PE teacher who checks to see if you're sweating, P- and he's like, "All right, you're sweating. You're doing all right." He's like, "You're not sweating yet. You need to run another lap." <laughs> he,
0: he he makes you run until you dry heave, and then once you're dry heaving, he's good with it. <laughs> all right. Anyway, uh, defensive line: Dunlap, Ford, Woods, Hyder, Mayoa, Monet, Collier. Robinson Green, the big surprise, uh, Kim D.J., who... Uh, c- poor out for Bob Kim Oh, wait. We didn't go over the defense. I guess we'll go over the defense after we go over the roster. How about that? We'll go over the defense in the last game. Uh, Bob Kim didn't, didn't make it. And uh, I'm, I think it's surprising because of how much they talked him up in the preseason. And we've seen that getting talked up about your practice performances does help you make the roster on this team. <laughs> fact.
2: <laughs> that is just an undeniable fact. Oh, but uh, apparently... God.
0: Apparently, if you pick up a small injury at the end of camp, you're, you're still not going to make it. So, that's, um, that is, it is what it is. I, I don't know. I, I Rumors was excited. out
1: there, they didn't want to guarantee his contract. So, if they sign him after cuts, but before week one, great. So, can, his contract becomes non guaranteed.
0: So, we can cut him in the middle of the season when he's playing good, like we did with, uh, uh what was that guy that one, right? For any that one year.
1: Yeah, exactly. Oh,
0: Cool. I I think the way that the Seahawks manage the the roster like that, they always get too cute with it, and then it bites them in the butt. But yes, we'll see. Linebackers, good. they kept five linebackers. Uh, Bobby Wagner. They listed Jordan Brooks as a linebacker. Sure, why not? Darrell Taylor, Cody Barton, and Nick Belore. Uh, so Belore played really. I think the reason that they felt comfortable keeping so few linebackers is how good Belore played in this preseason. And I guess we didn't get to talk about it yet, but Belore looks. Super solid as a uh, as a linebacker, and so I think they were just like, yeah, it's fine. Like if, yeah, if push comes to shove, like Nick can go out there and give us serviceable NFL time, and I agree. He with, did a I great agree.
1: job of reminding everyone that he came into the NFL as a linebacker and was converted to fullback. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. It's uh, Daryl Taylor being listed as a linebacker is a way of kind of sneaking the extra D lineman on. That's fine, but yeah, but Belor, and also that really kind of helps justify the contract too because you are paying now for a fullback. An emergency
0: linebacker and a special teams, you know, guy. Special te- the special teams ace. ace. Yeah, I love it. Also, you need someone to make those Quandre Dig short jokes on Twitter, and those are the Ballor that Quandre put something up about because he's he's vague tweeting about his contract situation, and below responded to it with Quandre rules are rules, and it was like the the height limits for all the rides at Disneyland.
1: <laughs> wow, <laughs> like
0: it was a picture of it. <laughs> uh all right uh, that's some great shade cornerbacks dj reed a witherspoon trey flowers trey brown sydney jones the fourth the new trader we'll talk about trade e trade e traded in a guy ugo amati uh so okay let's talk about this uh seahawks traded for sydney jones university of washington cornerback he was expected to be a first round pick uh torres tore his achilles during his pro day, dropped him Which down. It a gnarly second. injury. Dropped him down in the second round. Then he, he started his career slow because it's a really bad injury. He missed his whole first season. His second season was eh. His third season, he started to pick it up, but the Eagles decided to go in a different direction. He went to the Jaguars last year where reports are that he was pretty good. Uh, I looked into it a little bit. He seemed fine. And so Sidney Jones will compete with Akella Witherspoon on the other side for that second job across from DJ Reed. All uh, right. Kevin, are you excited about the Sidney Jones trade?
1: I mean, I think Sidney Jones is an interesting guy to bring in along the lines of like Nakeem King or something. He can come in. He's been in the NFL for a minute. He kind of knows what's going on. There's a chance that there's a little bit more in the bucket for him to find because that Philly secondary that he was part of was a tire fire. And Jacksonville secondary wasn't exactly aces last season. So I think there's a chance that in a better functioning unit, he might be able to find his feet a little bit more. I like him as a guy who can kind of push Trey Flowers for that like, veteran-y backup hole. Again, I'm still in the same spot. In a perfect world, by the end of the season, DJ Reed and Trey Brown will be starting across from each other at corner, and that'll be kind of the case moving forward. But bringing in a guy to kind of challenge for that third corner spot Because this is a guy who's like we could easily retain for probably not a lot of money for next season if he works out. And like as a third corner or as a guy to push for a second corner spot, I think that's solid. He like it was a really low cost. We gave up a sixth. We ended up not giving up that conditional seventh for 2023 because uh, John Reed didn't make the roster. So it's like, yeah,
0: I, I don't mind giving up like a tail end of the draft pick for a chance at a guy who has some upside. So, I had, we, we, yeah. I mean, obviously we scouted Sidney Jones in 2017 because he has the profile of a Seahawks uh, cornerback. And what I, what I remember and then what I reviewed this week is that he's, he was really good in college at mirroring his guy and like playing press man coverage and doing like kind of Seahawks things, uh, breaking on the ball in zone, uh, really good at knocking the ball away, uh, that kind of stuff. The things he's not good at are like he's, for how tall he is and long he is, he can still get pushed around a little bit. And, uh, and also his athleticism was not anything crazy before the injury. Like it was good. Don't get me wrong, but it was not the, he was not an insane athlete. Uh, He, one thing about in college, uh, he was only targeted one time for every nine coverage snaps, which is like really low. Uh, So that's, it shows that the offensive coordinators of opposing teams just, straight up avoid him avoided him, which is I think pretty promising uh in terms of his potential. The question is like can he recapture enough of his athleticism to be that to to leverage the fact that he's a really good coverage cornerback? And the answer so far is maybe. We don't know. And if he if he can become the great athlete now we all know once uh once our boy get get Ivan gets his hooks into him <laughs> it's gonna be you like try not, the other Achilles it's gonna, it's, gonna be another, it's gonna be a knee injury to go with the Achilles Stop. injury. But but all joking, all, all Ivan joking aside, I think this is a good trade. It's a guy who fits the profile. It's a reclamation project. Um, totally something that we could. They were going to cut him, and we gave up a conditional pick to get him. It's nothing big. Yeah, I'm into it. I'm fine with it. I think it's a good depth move. I you know it'd be nice if they could bring in a blue chip cornerback, but those guys are few and far between, and they're expensive, and we just don't have the room for it right now. Uh, Eric, which well, show, which. So DJ Reed obviously is gonna has won the job on the on the one side. He, it's, he is he is locked in as one of our cornerbacks. Who do you who do you think will start the most games across from DJ Reed this season? Oh,
2: that's Jones,
0: Witherspoon, Flowers, the practice God Flowers. It seems like Trey Brown. They want him to play on the same side as DJ. So I'm thinking Trey is Trey Brown is DJ Reed's backup for this season. So Jones, Witherspoon, Flowers. Who, who do you got? Who's going to play the most snaps across from DJ Reed?
2: Jones with it. Uh, I'm gonna go Witherspoon, just because that is the coin I'm flipping with flowers, not part of the coin because you can't have a three sided coin. And oh, no, Trey no, flowers, flowers, flowers. is the coin landing on its edge. That's the fact. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't love this, and it's still a, it's still a sore sore point for me because, you know, this is, I, I like the depth of our defensive line. I don't know if I. Think we're going to cause just a ton of pressure. Our linebackers are maybe best in the league. I'm really excited about our linebackers. I'm excited about playing four or five linebackers, depending on who they are, or schemes, or you know, playing some linebackers on the line. Uh All at Daryl right, Taylor, the the the, the Daryl Taylor, Alton Robinson, yeah, just kinda... mess. You know, all the all the little combinations. Those cornerbacks, man, they are they are giving me fits. So you know what I think it's funny
1: uh in relation to that. Uh, they put him, Ugo. Uh, do you think they put Ugo at corner and Blair at safety no. just because both of them are both corner and safety? So they just
2: kind of did it that way to make the numbers look good. I, I think, I th- no, for that reason, I think you're right, Kevin. Yeah.
0: Well, Blair played a lot in the last game. We haven't talked about it yet, but he played, or he didn't play a lot. He played like 15 snaps. But he played a lot them, for a guy who's going to play. But he played them at safety. And I do think that they kind of wanted to see, like, hey, you know, what? what is, I think, long term they still see this guy. Well, he played 8 in the slot, 4 in the box, 3 on the defensive line. So he split his time kind of all over the field and I just don't know I don't know what their plan is with Blair long term. It's it's curious it is curious. Like do they see him long term as like the Quandre you know successor? Do they see him as like cuz if they see him as a straight box safety, strong safety, then his career as a Seahawk is basically over. Like he's playing nickel corner for one more year, and then he's leaving because there's no room for us to pay him extra to back up Jamal. Right? We, Ryan Neal has shown that we can find a guy on the street that can do. I don't know nine, nine ten. That's a harsh
2: right? statement, but you're but you're but you're
0: 100% right. That can do like seven tenths of a Jamal Adams uh, impression. So anyway, Adams digs Blair Neal though. Those guys are all really good. Uh, I do think the team wanted to wants to keep Ashari Crosswell. That's a guy I feel like they've really given a lot of preseason time to. He's looked pretty decent. Um, I expect to see him on our practice squad. If no one picks him up uh, there, that's the safety anyway, kickers punters. They're good. Or uh, Sue and Berkervin already on IR. Oh, that Dixon punt. Ooh. Oh, yeah. was something delightful. else. One, one inch from the line. All right, let's talk about the defense in the last game real quick. Uh, so, um, I'll go first. My defensive uh, star, my favorite, uh, John Radigan. Uh, probably Ooh. wondering today what sh- what he had to do to get on the roster um, because he had two pressures, four tackles. Uh, he had four runs. All four of his tackles were run stops, run stuffs. He had was targeted once in the secondary and got a pass breakup. Like, he played good. And uh, also uh seems like the kind of guy who can contribute on special teams i really wish we could have kept john radigan like that's a guy that i after watching that game i was like okay i feel comfortable with him as our like kind of last linebacker but they just didn't seem to have room for him in their final version of their roster and so i hope that we can pick him sneak him onto the practice squad that no one grabs uh john radigan that's my guy uh kevin who's your who's your defensive favorite
1: uh, my defensive favorite is Daryl Taylor, nice. who absolutely pantsed the backup offensive tackle for the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, Daryl Taylor played so well, the PFF had to tank his run defense grade in order to still be able to say that he didn't like how he played. So uh, he had a couple pre- of sacks. Four, um, four
0: pressures on 18 pass rushes is pretty sick. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. They dropped him into coverage a lot, too. They really gave him a, some burn there.
1: Yeah, and I think what it really goes to show is he's going to be that guy where at this point in his career, um, his really first year, kind of second year, his year one and a half, so to speak, um, he's going to be the guy who, if he is an athletic mismatch for the guy on the other side of the line, he's going to give that guy nightmares. And if he's not an athletic mismatch for the guy on the other side of the line, then he might have a bit of a quiet day, which long-term isn't what you want, but man, for a guy who's functionally a rookie – if he can just beat up on a team that doesn't have two good tackles, that is a plus for this team.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, all right. And then Eric, who is your, uh, your defensive?
2: Uh, we already talked to about him a little bit, but Marquis Blair. Uh, the big thing is him coming back from injury. You, I wanted to see a lot more of him for, I don't know, his whole career and he just hasn't either been with it or he's been injured. Thing about this game for him is he had a good run stop, uh, but his field awareness, Marquise Blair has not usually, I don't want to say always had, he has not always had, he has not usually had good field awareness, um, picking up that ball for a for a touchdown, um, knowing where he was supposed to be on plays, I'm putting Marquise Blair right there.
1: If that had been a forward motion throw, the fact that he picked it out of the air would have made it an interception return for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So his awareness guaranteed that it was a touchdown play. I agree with that. Okay, like Marquis Blair is a guy we know wakes up in the morning and chooses violence. But the fact that he intel- intelligently chooses violence is just that much better.
0: Yeah. Um, okay. And then. Uh, the surprise cut on defense was John Reed, the guy we just traded for, but the Seahawks did that because they don't think any other team will want to pick him up. They have shown their commitment to John Reed and they're hoping that he will be like, oh yeah, I'll come to your practice squad when, uh, and now we'll get to keep our seventh round pick. So they're playing a little game there. That's fine. Like I said, they're probably getting too cute. And they'll end up losing the player, but <clears throat> whatever. Uh, I thought the defense looked good. Obviously they shut the other team out. So not a, not a lot to say. About that, I mean the defense looked really solid. Seven sacks, twenty-one pressures. Those are those are great numbers. Sacks came from all over too, and like Eric said earlier, Eric, you're right they're they're mix they're mixing up those fronts. You know,
2: five guys best chance,
0: five guys on the line of scrimmage, four guys on the line of scrimmage, uh, guys in different gaps. Like they're giving the offense lots of different looks, and with how many guys we can rotate in, I do think that's a nice a nice strategy because not only is the guy coming from a different angle, it's a totally different part. It's going to be a totally different person. You know, it's like, Oh, this plays all Alton Robinson, Okay. I got to worry about this and this. And then on the next player, you're, you're looking at carry Hyder and he's playing more inside and you're like, Oh dang. And I got to worry about all this other stuff. And I think it will keep, it will keep the offensive linemen off balance a little bit for us to row to be rotating all these skilled pass rushers in to the game in different positions along the line. I do think, that, that, then you throw in Bobby and Jamal's efficient blitzing, and suddenly you're like, "Oh, I can see how this does a thing." Yeah, yeah. And they're definitely gonna. I, I think that this defense is gonna really work. And I, I want to say this too about the cornerbacks. I know it, it. The the group, the talent level of the group is underwhelming. Um, it's basically the only one who has really high high ceiling. DJ Reed is obviously good, decent, and uh, and Trey Brown could be great. We don't know yet. He's a rookie. But the the thing about uh the cornerbacks is that the other nine guys on the field are going to be extremely good. (laughs) Like the, all the defensive linemen will be solid and then everyone else will be all like a, a pro bowl level player or better. So I do think it helps a lot with the, uh, you know, knowing that there'll be four pro bowlers in the center of the field to help with all of the, all that stuff. Yeah. Corners just got
1: a lunch palette, right? Like come in there, do your job. Don't mess it up. And you know, don't, don't think too
0: hard. You can only hurt the ball club. Don't line up 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. Oh. Every play, Trey flowers.
2: Trey flowers. <laughs> Trey, Trey, Trey going to Trey.
0: I cannot believe. You know what? But he practices
1: good, so hard, Nathan. Good,
0: good for him. I hope that he can translate it to the game. I love it. Um, This is this roster is not what it's going to look like um, in a week. But like, like. Like we said, they'll end up keeping, you know, two quarterbacks. They'll find a new room. They'll they'll bring back one of these wide receivers. You know, they'll bring back Wedgington or Johnson or Hart or Thompson or Fuller. Like those five guys, I I do think those five guys were just so close together for them. They were like, if we can get two of them back, one on the practice squad, one on the regular team, who gives a crap? And they're probably correct on that.
1: Uh, looking at the cuts, any players or position groups
0: you see around the league? Okay, so yeah, there's a big list of someone was tracking. Uh, I think uh has posted it in the Discord. So let me pull that up really quick. Um but yes, there's a bit there's all these players around the league that that people may or may not think are interesting. For me personally, uh what's funny is like the most interesting guys to me were wide receivers. So I'm a, yeah, I think uh, there's Equ- a few. Equinemius St. Brown was someone I thought had a really good potential coming out of college. And obviously, Travis Fulgham has shown that he can play in the league already. Uh, Smoke, John Brown. Like, I, I love John Brown. Uh, Kiki Kuti. Those are, these are like real uh, wide receiver players that I think could be very impactful. Uh,
1: uh, all know, guys who can play, who've played outside
0: aside from Kuti, too, which I think is a good thing. for For defense um kevin you want you want to get evan weaver to, to, to... uh
1: i don't know if he can unseat any of our edges um by if he can end up on the practice squad that'd be kind of interesting i actually like kenny robinson um i've i liked him uh at west virginia i liked him in the xfl it was yet was it the xfl or was it the other league that he was in i can't remember or regardless he played FFL? in an, an alt league and then um, he played uh, backup safety for uh, Carolina last season. And he's a guy who I think has some promise as a developmental uh, free safety with try like to, single high ability.
0: Try to sneak him onto the, the practice squad.
1: Yeah, or if he ends up taking a spot. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know how everything's going to shake out, okay. but he's an
0: interesting guy. And I'll say this. When I was looking at the names of the uh, the, the outside corners, because obviously that's the first place I went, uh, Holton Hill is like a very Seahawks cornerback. 70- is like six three with thirty-four inch arms? He is <laughs> six foot to 93rd percent 91st percentile height for a corner. Uh arm length's 71st percentile, hand size 84th percentile. He has a good three cone, so he's quick, but he's not super fast. Uh yeah. This this guy had the Seahawks kind of profile coming out of college that if there was, I, he is he is he's the guy um, that on cut day that maybe we could could get that but th- there was not there's not a star there there's not someone that we just gotta bring in uh, yeah I don't know that's that's it um, Prince Tega Winogo Kevin no. I still don't like him <laughs> yeah yeah uh, I, I I think I would like him slightly less than Jake yeah. Oh man. He's he, now, now they call him a guard, which is more accurate, but uh yeah, that's yeah. Nope. All right.
1: That <laughs> dude feels like a fetty part too.
0: Yeah. Any, any, uh anything else before we uh uh head to the next segment, you guys got anything else you want to say about the 53 man roster or the, uh the Mm-mm. cut down day or anything? Is there, or anybody you want to bring in? Do you still want to bring in Sherman Eric?
2: I mean, I I don't think that's an option uh, realistically, but yeah, yeah, I would. I would. Um and Jacob Hollister, I think that there's a chance we bring him in. All right, we have
0: we have a couple minutes right here. Okay, and what I want to do with this time I wrote down, if there's extra time, which there is, just a couple minutes. I want us to make our uh, right now the 53 man roster as it stands. Uh how many what what, what do you feel like uh the win loss record of this this team is? You can be, you can go floor ceiling, or you could just just kind of say what you think. But what do you what do you think? Let's start with Eric. Eric, what what does this team look like to you? Is, and also, remember, remember,
1: there's an extra game. Extra game. So the, the records are very
0: the records <laughs> yeah, are thanks. very ugly. Eleven and six. You oh, know, please. Uh, ten and ten and seven.
2: Some of our listeners of this podcast will remember how much I I had to rip it's, on the the extra game.
0: What's what's worse? Okay, wait. Sidebar. What's worse? The extra the extra game making the the uh the it's making it ugly right making the records ugly or just number number anarchy number make anarchy it... that's the worst <laughs> oh, i disagree the numbers make me happy and wow i hate it i hate when i'm watching a game and i'm like i'm like breaking down the film and then i see like number one and he's like close to the line of scrimmage and then it's actually a defensive lineman and i'm like
2: oh there's only oh, just, one. Disgust, it just disgusts me. There's only one thing that could make <laughs> this record and like, all this thing with the numbers better, and that's the first time that one team has two ties in a season. Because boys, it's gonna happen in the next two to three years. Oh, that's so gross. And I'm too. here for it. That. Oh, oh, I can't wait.
0: The the I I just really don't like the number number anarchy. It is it drives
2: me crazy. Yeah, it does. It, I can't tell who's who anymore and. It, it used to be so. I like easy. how you
1: pretend like you could.
2: It used I, to be easy, man. Like, for years, for you see a guy be, hey, wearing, man, like... you
1: can't, you can't beg for positionless football and then be mad when they go all positionless <sighs> numbers on you.
2: Oof. Oof. I don't want positionless football. I want, I want seven men on a team handing the ball off. Running Ladies gentlemen, you and heard that. Eric wants three
1: linebackers on every
2: defensive I want to go back to shorts and leather helmets. Wing T, Eric. It's a little wing T action. Yeah. <laughs> wing T and flea flicker. It's every play.
0: <laughs> oh,
2: man. The game went south when they invented the forward
1: pass. That's right. <laughs> anyway, back to There In our question. extra time.
0: Back to the question. All right. How many wins do you feel like this The is this Seahawks roster is primed for?
2: Of this current Seahawks roster. hmm uh, I will say that we are at, jeez, I don't think our three players are going to make that much of a difference. I think the ceiling is 12 wins. I think the the basement worst case scenario, we're still very talented. I think it's 10 wins. So there you go. Maybe even ceiling 13 wins. Jeez, guys, I'm so optimistic.
0: I am. Um, I think that the this is a twelve win team. I agree. I think that's about right. Uh, I do think there's a little more. Maybe I'm a little more optimistic. There is upside for more, but uh yeah, this this feels like a twelve and five team. And is that good enough to win this division? I don't know. Uh, I do think San Francisco is looking a little spicy. Uh, the 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 real question is uh you know is that do they fall apart because of this, like trying to use both quarterbacks thing, which they, they gave it a trial run this week and it worked pretty good in the preseason. We'll see. It's super weird to me. Uh, I don't think that it's a very good idea, but the, up the, the, the ceiling of that team is very high because of how talent, how much talent they have on their defense Uh defensive line, specifically Uh the Rams, you know, it's a two man defense, but it's good. And of course the, the Cardinals are improving, but have a terrible coach. So, yeah, it's a, it's a this division's a bloodbath and I don't know if 12 wins is going to get the job done. But uh it should put we should be in the mix. We should be in the mix. So I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. It is a it is a good team and Russell Wilson is, you know, top 5 quarterback. It's great to get to watch a top 5 quarterback. So Kevin, what do you think? What's your I answer?
1: agree 12 would put us in the mix. I think you kind of pencil it in for 3 and 3 in the division just because the division is going to be such a bloodbath. Like I, I tentatively I kind of put all four teams at three and three winning their home games, losing their road games, except they'll flip on stupid things. So like if you end up knocking off the Cardinals twice, you're definitely going to lose to the Rams twice or something dumb like that. So with that in mind, I feel like the Colts roster is kind of is pretty dinged up. And so I feel like that should be a win, but like Colts and Titans could be our two interesting games against
0: like yeah. The, competitive AFC teams. The AFC South is pretty good other than the Texans, like but it's it's not yeah. like a, it's not like a free square. Like last year I think that was two free wins. This year it's probably only one.
1: Yeah, it's it's I, I could see us going 2-0 oh in those first two games, but 1-1 one and one seems like the more likely result. Uh we have to play the Vikings in Minnesota, which I don't really know what to make of the Vikings yet, but usually the coaching at least makes them competitive. They always play us pretty hard. We have to play Green Bay in Green Bay, but it's coming off the bye. We have to play at Washington. Washington's really good this year. So I see a lot of games that we could lose. I think 10 wins is kind of the floor. I think 13's kind of the ceiling. So I'm probably I'm going with about 12 wins.
0: All right. So we're all in agreement. This is a 12 win team. I mean, we, we are all kind of on the same page, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, they team. were last year. Hey, what do you think? Malcolm Butler retired today, by the way. And uh, what do you have to say about <laughs> that? Good Good riddance. Maybe. I don't what know mean? who that is. Malcolm Butler, you don't remember? You don't remember that? No, no idea, no
1: idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Our favorite,
0: your favorite play in Just Seahawks stop. history?
2: Stop! I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Jesus. You, know, you
0: don't want to talk about it, but he's on the Cardinals now. That's a good thing, right? That...
2: He actually isn't retired yet. Cliff Kingsbury is not a very good coach, and so he's still keeping him around. So, uh, he's here to haunt your dreams.
0: So
1: he's there, Sean Mannion.
0: oh man maybe all right so there are many ways to support the seahawks nest podcast the best way to do so is to head over to patreon.com seahawks nest only 12s.com or punthub.us which got some play this week because you know that sexy punt we had to throw it out there Uh, for as little as a dollar 24 a month we're going to do our weekly picks podcast which will return next week uh, this week we got one more week. Uh, this is weird. There's like an extra week between the preseason and the regular season. That's uh I don't know what that's what the deal is with that. What's the deal?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it not. I, th- that's horrible. Uh, I do appreciate that they're giving a chance for minor dings to heal up from people who weren't as smart as our head coach and did play their starters in the preseason.
0: Yeah, we have we'll have the next weekend and then of no football. There'll be nothing next weekend. And then, college
1: football, don't do that.
0: Yeah, they'll. I so I don't watch college football till I can get condensed games. Or actually, you know, what, I'll throw it on in the morning while I'm cooking or something. Okay. Anyway, what I'm saying, head over to that that website for his little dog trade fourth. Get our picks cast, which is very fun. I think very humorous, uh, very silly, and uh, a big departure from what we're doing here. So that, that's all. That's all. I'll say about that. Uh, we also have, we already have some fantasy stuff up there. Uh, we got two new Patreons already this month. Uh, that's Woo! crushing it. Uh, I guess already, August is almost over, but they were all both within the last like five days. So uh, Josh, Josh in the Discord hanging out. We got uh, Cyber Dave in the Discord hanging out. You guys can be like Cyber Dave. You can be like Josh. You can come hang out with us in the Discord. Uh, talk to us. Tweet, as Eric it. would say, tweet me, won't you? <laughs> Discord me, won't you? Thank, thank you to our pay, uh, loyal patrons, Andy, Brett, Greta, James, Gary, Lucas, Ryan, Timothy, Tom, Astro, Bob, Casey, David, Phloctomus, Foles, Jay, Kieran, Leon, Michelle, Mike A, Mike W, Richard, Thomas, Warwolf, Brandon, and Nick. Uh, yeah, so that's it. All right, so now we can go to movie club. And We wanted to do uh, school starting tomorrow for me. Kevin, did you already have your first day of school or just tomorrow too? Uh, my first day of school is Thursday. Thursday, okay. So we have – we have um. One day, two days left, uh, zero days left of freedom for me. I'm going to bed right after this is over and, uh, just probably staring at the ceiling in abject terror because this is the, the this is going to be weird for sure this year, but uh, yeah, it's, um, it's happening. So what we're going to, we gonna do coming of age movies though, or movies about school. That was the prompt. We're going to decide what our favorite of the, we're going to, we're all going to put one on the table. We're going to do this a little differently. We're gonna put one on the table and then we're going to we're going to decide which one's our favorite of the three or which one we like the best or which one if we haven't watched it maybe we're going to decide to watch one All mm-hmm. right, uh kevin Sarasoff, what's your coming of age film that you want to talk about
1: all right so i picked one that i think is topical and also one that i really like and that's uh the 2013 uh dustin daniel Cretton movie short term 12. um so this is a movie that came out and stars Brie Larson, uh, Rami Malik, Lakeith Stanfield, a bunch of people who have gone on to um, kind of bigger prominence, bigger budget things. But this is a movie that's really well executed. It's about some uh, teens or kind of like college age students who are working at a, uh, like a long-term care facility for at-risk teens. And, uh, it's them kind of helping these people out and dealing with their own emotional baggage. Rami Malek plays like the, the like new guy. And uh, like you have Caitlin Deaver and Lakeith Stanfield both play kids in the facility. There's um, some really hard hitting moments, some really touching moments. Uh, it's 96 minutes long and it feels both really quick but really full. And um, I just think it's a really good movie. The acting, directing, and everything is top notch. Um, I assume both of
0: you have seen it. I have, I saw I have it not, but it's been a, it's it's been a while. Uh, oh. uh, Caitlin Dever's really good in this movie, though. Uh, yeah, that's my that's my uh, review. That's the thing I remember that she really stood out uh, and was did not seem to get as much like dap in the kind of what, way people talk. Everyone talked about Rami Malik being really good in this movie, and that's true also. Uh, I thought Lakeith um, Stanfield was subtly really good too, because he would like
1: the more you see him in other stuff, the more you realize how much of a character departure that he's playing in mm-hmm. Short Term
0: Twelve. I got a lot of respect for that, especially he was really young. Um, yeah, I like it. It's it um it my memory of it was that like it's really good, and it's a little bit of um it, it felt a little bit like uh, script by the numbers, paint by numbers, or whatever like. I, I just kind of felt like it, but it's good. I gave it like a four, so I don't, <laughs> I don't dislike it at all. Uh, it's, it's very, very good. I recommend it also. You should watch it. Um, and the acting is awesome in this movie. It's really, yeah. what carries the whole thing. And the, like every other parts of it, I feel like are, do not, are not it, but the acting is so good that it doesn't matter at all.
1: Oh, um, and this is uh, poignant because, uh, or it's timely because that's Daniel Critton is the director of Shang-Chi.
0: Which comes out on Friday? Uh, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, which that's also a... has Tony
1: Leung and I'll see anything he's in. That's Seven. a
0: that's a that's a lot of rings, bro.
1: Yeah, dude, it's more than nine. Uh, I think I wonder if the sequel is going to have 11
0: Um Dump. Yeah, people have already <laughs> seen people have already seen it, and uh, Shang Chi and uh, the so far the reviews are mixed. So we'll see. I'm hoping it's good. Uh, yeah, so it will I've definitely seen... be a Marvel movie. Yeah, it's, so I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna give it a three and a half. I, think I can yep. just I can just I can just rate it now. Yeah, all right. Uh, Eric, what do you uh, what do you think about? What's your coming of age movie you want to talk about?
2: This is a movie actually that I saw for the first time this year because um, I'd heard a lot of I'd heard things about it for a while, but I just never got around to watching it. Uh, the Perks of Being a Wallflower. This is a pretty uh, pretty deep movie. It goes a lot of places, and uh, some of them are not comfortable. But it's a, uh, it's a movie directed, <clears throat> uh, written uh, by the same guy, Stephen, I, I don't know how to say his name, uh, uh, Bosky, maybe. Uh, Shabosky, I can't say his name. But he wrote the book, he wrote the screenplay, he directed the movie. Um, it's got Ezra Miller, who you may know as the Flash in the Justice League movies. When that guy was cast as the Flash, I was like, I have no idea who this guy is. Oh, he's in this Perks of Being a Wallflower movie. Uh, why should I care? And then I liked him as the Flash. I thought that was actually a really good casting. And then I watched this movie, and I'm like, oh, okay, I get the hype on this kid. Uh, and then let's see, it's got Logan Lerman. Uh, it's got uh, Hermione. Hermione's pretty solid. Hermione's a uh, what is it? Emma Watson. Um, yeah, it's just a, it's got Paul Rudd in it as a teacher. It's got a lot of heart because it has a a kid who's an outsider. Falls in with a crowd that he wants to fall in with. Uh, falls in love with the girl that doesn't want him, but maybe she does. Uh, has a has a girlfriend he's not really into. There's a little bit of a love triangle thing there, and then he's also got some some really deep uh, emotional trauma that they get to in the movie. And um, you know, a cool teacher that isn't overly in your face, cool in the movie. And Paul Rudd just uh, plays a solid guy. Um, a good human being as a teacher, I recommend perks of being a wallflower. It's weird because Rudd doesn't age. Um, okay, and then he was fifty when he shot, when he shot this right. movie.
0: My thoughts about this movie: once again, the performances are really good, um, and I don't know. I, I like this movie a lot as well. Uh, this is I also gave it a four. <laughs> I have very similar feelings about the, the this one. Um, I I think this movie I can I connected i this movie, which I think makes me like it better than maybe uh, it's quality. But I mean, it's a, uh, this movie is good. It's a, I don't know. I don't have a lot to say about it. I, I've watched it twice actually. So I've, I've more than this one, but uh, what do you think about it, Kevin?
1: Uh, I also think it's pretty good. Um, it's funny. Cause uh, you kind of said that about short term 12, which I didn't feel like it was necessarily as much of a bind the number script because of the content it decided to tackle. Whereas perks of being a wallflower feels like a movie that comes out about once a decade. Um, and this is one of the better executions of its formula, which the, is cool. Yeah. The, so the
0: whole, like, um, yeah. Like how, how do you get through high school movie? Yeah. Like, and the whole, for, like for me, how you
1: go from being like passive to having
0: agency in your own life, which is a really good coming of age lesson. Short term 12. It's not like what I mean by that is I don't mean like that the story is, Generic, I mean, like the structure of the story is like what you learn in script writing. Oh, class. it's a predictably like
1: react movie where <laughs> it's like, like things it's like, get wrapped up it's, by the it's end, like, but the middle is, has it's all like the conflict. If you were
0: like, if you go to a screen, script writing class or a screenwriting class and you get the format, that is it will. Short term twelve is the script I'll hand you as the example. Like that Yeah, short term
1: twelve is like thirty minutes of it's letting you know st- everyone, thirty minutes of
0: conflict, and then thirty minutes of conflict resolution. Yeah, it's I, st- okay, I agree it's with that. St- it's structured <laughs> like in a way that is just like it's like, okay, yeah, you you used the template. Like you put interesting things in the template, don't get me wrong, but it, it just felt felt a little that's what I meant by that.
1: Okay, that makes more sense to me. I was gonna say I don't know a lot of other movies dealing with like the, these kinds of issues, I'm very curious to ask you about those later. No, nope, that's not but what no, I meant. Now I understand what you mean, and that makes way more sense. <laughs>
0: uh, okay, I went in a way different direction with, with this than you guys. All right, so my movie is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, which is Should've like, um, which is like way less um, serious than either of your movies, uh, and way more uh, fun. Uh, but I think um, a couple things I like about this movie um, has a very strong sense of place. Uh, This movie feels like it's Chicago. You know, it feels like it takes place in Chicago. It has a very strong sense of place, which I really uh, appreciate. Uh, It has really funny uh, and, and, and both funny and touching moments. Uh, The relationship between uh, Ferris and Cameron, although I guess I, I foreshadowed this by doing the intro, but like the relationship between Cameron and Ferris, I think is like a, like a very, uh, I think relatable friendship relationship, you know, where one friend is talking his other friend into doing stuff that maybe he really doesn't want to do. And, uh, yeah, that kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, I, I, and then at the end, you know, Ferris is a little shit and he gets away with everything. And that's, that's kind of, uh,
1: that's a very quintessentially eighties
0: outcome. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's, and it's great. It's very, very funny. And so, yeah, I, I quite enjoy this film. I think it's really, uh, it's, it's, it's there's so much I could say about it. But I think I've, I've kind of hit the the high points for me. And of course, everything with the car, like is just, uh, I don't know, it's just
1: a- I'd also like to say for an 80s coming of age movie. Um, excellent job not having copious amounts of sexual assault.
2: Good job by you. Uh-huh. <laughs>
1: That's a that makes it an outlier of its generation. You
2: win the awesome. Award for decency. Awesome songs in this movie too. Uh- Very, yeah, some iconic scenes. Absolutely a little so, bit of baseball cuz every every movie around gotta, that time seemed to have a little baseball clip. Gotta, gotta. I don't know anybody who doesn't do the nothing nothing
1: who's winning bears line. Everyone everyone enjoys that one.
0: I I like the um I don't know, I just like cuz here's the thing is like I think a lot of um coming of age movies have to get real serious in a way that this one got serious it gets real serious but it's just it's just about like discovering like what matters to you, right? Like who, who, who would, who do you want to be as a person? And it doesn't have to be like Cameron and Ferris are very different and they choose to be, you know, they, they choose to be themselves. And I think that's, you know, Ferris is a slacker and, and uh, Cameron is, is going to stand up to his dad and it's just, it's fun. It's, it's great. The, the fair, the, f- uh, parade part is awesome. Anyway, I like Ferris Bueller's day off.
1: Yeah. It's much more in the, uh, um, Uh, book smart slash like those coming of age movies where like it's it's a big layer of comedy over the top of what is a pretty important life lesson
0: yeah uh Eric, what do you uh, – I have a funny review of this movie that I looked up, by the way. Do you want to hear it before you say your thing, Eric, or do you yes. want to – Yes. No, no. Okay. Go it for says, it. It says, in a selfish attempt to cope with his separation anxiety, a sociopathic student abuses his relationship with his mentally unstable best friend in order to throw his future away on a single day of raucous debauchery. I and mean, then it's three it's stars. About right.
2: It's about right. Well played.
0: <laughs> All right, Eric, what do you think about first? Oh, sure. Schiller's
2: great movie. It had a lot of hype when I was younger, you know, cause it came out when I was, uh, when I was a wee lad and, uh, the movie still holds up over time. It's maybe Matthew Broderick's finest work because he may be this big Broadway actor now, but I don't care about anything. That guy makes since this. So, uh, that's my review. It's, it's a great movie. Although I do want to say there's a, a theory out there like a, a fan theory uh-huh. that Ferris and Cameron are the same person. And it's just like uh, the. Oh boy, I'm not ready for that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's too much to explain. Just watch the movie, think about that as you know, like one is. It's like a Fight Club sort of thing. It's kind of fun to think about, but so, do you care about anything you made sense?
1: Not a big fan of Glory. Come on, man. Don't like the Lion King.
0: <laughs> I just think as long as you recognize that Ferris is more of an anti-hero than a hero. Like Ferris is an, is not a good dude. Like I think that that's like a, a thing that maybe. I think he's good to his friends. I think he's, he's good to people in the he's school. He's charming. He's fun, but like I relate he's more. He's also to, kind of a shithead. Yeah, I relate more to Cameron because I'm the depressed person who drives everyone around. Like that's that's my that's my role in life. So I I don't know. Maybe that's that's why I, I kind of relate to the Cameron character a lot in this movie. This
1: message brought to you by producer Brett.
0: <laughs> so all right. Um, all right. So we're not going to decide anything here. You're going to tell us on discord, which one you like the best. Is it, or what's your, if you don't like any of these movies, you think they all suck, you know, and your favorite coming of age movie is hunt for the wilder people. Great choice. Then, uh, then yeah, go ahead and discord. Tell us what you think. Tell us your favorite coming of age movie and we'll see you next week. Go
2: Hawks.